0: just as you are called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. i going to invite Barry now to come up and lead us in our service. Thank you. My confession this morning is I thought the children were going to remain in, so the message is slightly shorter. Some of you are saying, phew, I know. (laughs) So having worked through the Apostles' Creed, we now come to the confession, I believe in the Holy Catholic Church. Now if you were to look at my notes, you would see that the words Holy Catholic Church are in lower case. You see, it's not referring to the Roman Catholic Church. Though they might disagree with me as Protestants part ways with our Catholic friends here. You see, in their eyes, they believe they are the one true church because they produce saintly people. Well, I reckon we've got a few saints here, don't you? The church is Catholic because it is universal, meaning it is available to all. There is no distinction between rich and poor, male and female, Jew or Gentile, slave and free, Galatians 3:26 to28. Therefore, whatever you were before you became a Christian, you are now equal. It was a 13th century Italian theologian, Thomas Aquinas, who said that the message of Jesus is universal because no one is rejected. Neither Lord, nor servant, nor male nor female. In Jesus' time, it was quite a revolutionary statement as it meant there was no social barrier that could exclude a person from being included. Think of it this way. The church is Catholic as it preaches a Catholic universal message as it's not geared towards a particular social class or ethnic group. It is available to every person. It has been said one of the most unusual aspects of the Christian faith is its translatability. If you were to consider other monotheistic traditions such as Judaism or Islam, you would notice how imp- much they express importance upon preserving the message in its original language, either Hebrew or Arabic. But right from the start, the Christian movement began with trans- with Sorry, right from the start, the Christian movement began with translation. Jesus himself spoke in Aramaic, but the four Gospels were all translated into Greek. So the message could be taken and made available to many readers. In a short while, the Christian message had taken root in many different cultures. Where each one could read it in their own language. Therefore, the message of Jesus is a Catholic message, a universal message. But there is more. It is Catholic in the way it responds to the human predicament for the deepest human needs are addressed in the gospel. You see, the message of Jesus doesn't just speak to our spiritual life or moral part of life, but all. It is totally holistic covering the body, mind, and spirit, embracing the whole person in grace and truth. It has been said that the gospel is as broad and deep as human life itself. However, there is a more radical dimension of Christian Catholicity. Consider it this way. The greatest barrier that divides humans from one another is not culture, class, language. No, the greatest barrier is death. It literally splits the human family in two classes of the living and the dead. All other social divisions are petty compared to this great division. And all of us are powerless before this fundamental barrier or boundary. But in the resurrection, Jesus has stepped across the barrier and restored communion between the living and the dead. He has formed one family that not only stretches out across space, but also time. Had you ever thought that the body of Christ is the most inclusive community imaginable? Because it includes not only those who are living now, but also all believers who have ever lived and yet to live. So this message of the gospel is directed not primarily to individuals, but to this new community. God's plan of salvation all along has, to be, has been to create one human society as the bearer of the divine image. You could even say that the church isn't just the way people respond to to salvation. The church is salvation. The church is what God has been doing in the world from the beginning. Sadly, though, when Christians cause division with other believers, this is a denial of the gospel. Because a Christian community is Catholic, to the extent it is always uniting Always inclusive. Always seeking the best for each other. A book I read this week is called The Rooftop, A Crisis of Opportunity. It's written by a guy called Dennis Petters, who in 2017 came here at a Minister's Leaders Conference and spoke. The book is about equipping the church to share our faith with, not the unchurched, but the never-churched. Notice the difference. We're no longer a nation where Christianity is the main religion, where it is taught in schools, a nation that religiously went to church at least twice on a Sunday. We are a nation where Jesus is not shared or spoken about unless it is an expletive. So we live in a time where people are never churched. Because they don't know that they don't know Jesus. You think about that. The people don't know that they don't know that they don't know Jesus. It's a bit of a mouthful. Dennis travels the world speaking in churches, asking them to look from outside their churches, say on a hill or a rooftop, and see what is actually around them. And to pray for them and bless them. Does that sound familiar? Upon a visit to his never-churched hairdresser, who always enjoys hearing about his travels, she said, I couldn't go to church because, well, I couldn't go to church because I couldn't believe in a God who seemed happy with people who lived life just as they wanted to, wanted to do during the week, but then went to church on a Sunday, told God they were sorry, then did the same thing over and over again. Ouch. He refers in his book to new churches appearing as church plants or splits where people disagree with others, believing that they are right. In fact, that is how denominations began. Only this week, Roy talked about churches being part of the FIEC, Federation of Independent Evangelical Churches, where their doctrine states that women cannot preach or be in church leadership. In June, we start a series on why women should lead and should preach. But my point here is that we are often the reason or cause the problems people recite as to why they don't attend church. And in doing so, we deny the gospel we proclaim. We need to take a look at ourselves sometimes and see how we are. As you heard in Ephesians 4, verses 4 to 6, there is one body and one spirit. Just as you were called to the hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. It's an artist that I love, his name is Michael Card, and he actually sings that, and I can only just hear it going over and over in my mind, that's scripture. If you've never heard Michael Card, look him up online, it's beautiful music. You know, I don't recall this happening for quite a while, but everywhere I have turned this week, it seems as though every book I pick up, every daily reading I came across this week, spoke about Ephesians 4. So that really tells me that that's an important message for us this morning. But briefly, we're going to look at these verses on which Christian unity is founded. Christ is the head of the church. No brain can work through a body which is fragmented and uncoordinated. Unless there is a coordinated oneness in the body, the thoughts and the plans of the head and the brain are hindered and frustrated. I have no doubt that the success of our Community Family Fun Day was down to prayer, communication, and a well-planned and coordinated day. We all knew what we were doing, and we did it well. Just think about it. 435 never-churched people coming into this building, 450 being outside. So that meant only 15 people, give or take, didn't come into the building that day. That's incredible. It is true that the oneness of the church is essential for the work of Christ to succeed. A oneness based on the love of Christ and each other. There is one spirit. The word pneuma in Greek means both spirit and breath. And as we know, unless breath is in a body... The body is dead. And the refreshing breath of the body of the church is the spirit of Christ. It is the working of the spirit in the body which gives its life and keeps it alive. There can be no church without the spirit. And there can be no receiving the spirit without prayerfully waiting for him. There is one hope in our calling and we should strive towards the receiving of the spirit without prayerfully waiting for him there is one hope in our calling and we should all strive towards the same goal and that is where the sacred or the great secret of unity lies while denominations differ and even Baptist churches differ in their beliefs, we should all be striving for the same purpose. A world redeemed in Christ. A people seeking the never churched and sharing Jesus with them. There is one Lord. As I've said this once before, twice before, the earliest creed in which the church used was Jesus Christ is Lord. Lord. Those four words would be an immediate martyrdom if heard by Roman officials, as they were expected to say, Caesar is Lord. Paul saw it that it was the dream of God that there should come a day when all confess that Jesus is Lord, and that will happen. There is one faith. Now, what does that mean? The word faith in the New Testament always means the complete trust and surrender of the Christian in and to Jesus Christ. What Paul means here is that all Christians are bound together in one because all of them had made one common act of complete surrender, and that is to the love of Jesus. Yes, we may show it in different ways of how we worship, in songs sung, in prayers said, in using audio visuals. But the fact remains, the act of surrender to Jesus Christ is the one common denominator of all believers. There is one baptism. And this doesn't mean to say that if you've been baptized as a baby, then you cannot be baptized as a believer. In the early church, baptism was usually adult baptism because men and women women, were coming from no faith or other faith and demonstrated that new faith by a public confession of faith. Today, we still recite the words. Do you believe in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Do you acknowledge Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Do Do you turn from sin and tend to follow Christ? And finally, do you promise to live within the fellowship of the church of Jesus Christ, and to serve him in the world. There was only one way for a Roman soldier to join the army. He had to take an oath that he would be true forever to his emperor and his king. There was only one way to be a Christian. And part of the Christian church, and that is to make a public Confession of Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. There is one God. Let's see what Paul says about the God in whom we believe. He is father of all. It has been said that the greatest thing and perhaps unique thing about the Christian God is not that he is king, not that he is judge, but he is Father. You see the Christian idea of God begins in love. He is above all. God did not create the world and set it going as we might wind up a carriage clock, radio or torch. No God is through He's all through His world guiding, leading, directing, sustaining, upholding, and loving. In everything and through everything, God is active and operative and powerful. He is in all. It was Paul's belief that in everything there is God. And in Christian belief that we live a God-created, God-centred, God-sustained, God-filled world. So in closing, do I believe in the Holy Catholic Church? Absolutely. Do I want others to know the saving grace of Jesus Christ? Absolutely. Do I want us to grow in love for each other and lead the lost Into a loving relationship with God? Absolutely. Do I want to take this message of God's grace and forgiveness to the never churched? Absolutely. So I have a challenge for you this week. Let's make this week a special week to share our faith with others. Pray blessings into their lives and our community. For some of us, that will be easier than others. Perhaps we don't meet up with many people during the week, but we can still pray blessings into people, into our community. But I challenge you to find someone to share about the love of Jesus with. What has Jesus done for you?